Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. However, we have a leader from our local church community giving today's message. Hey everyone. So today's scripture is from the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 6 through 13. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. This is the word of the Lord. Bye everyone. Hey, well, good morning, 180, and it is good to be back with you uh, once again. Uh, This is Calvin Brown, and I'm going to be uh, sharing today the fifth question in 5Q. Uh, My hope and desire is that over the course of these last four messages that you have gained momentum in your thinking, in your living, Um, hopefully at least in your reflecting. And today is the fifth question, and it is, how will I finish well? I want to pray, and then we'll uh, we'll begin with today's message. Well, Father, uh, thank you for these times that we've been able to be together virtually, that uh, I've had the privilege of sharing uh, your word and a bit of my own journey um, with my brothers and sisters at 180. Thank you again for Sam and Lydia and the team just opening the door for this uh, teaching to take place. And today, will you just fill us with your spirit that we may exercise the mind of Christ, that we each may reflect deeply uh, on these things. And um, as we'll talk about today, Father, finishing well. So thank you for the life of the Apostle Paul that we'll be taking a look at. One, uh, we can say, um, by all accounts, finished well. Thank you for the, your word and the wonderful examples you give us, your spirit who guides us, your word and instructs us in a community of believers to run with us. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so question one was, who am I? And uh, question two, what is my story? Question three, what is my dream? And question four, what is my plan? And now we're at the question five. By now, uh, as you've hopefully been applying and reflecting, growing, um, there's a sense, there's a sense of momentum and you at least have 
at least hopefully mentally a trajectory of where you sense God might be leading you and directing you. And, and again, this is an iterative process. This isn't something you go through once and you're done. You continue in different seasons of life one question above another may sort of rise to the top, but you can find yourself asking these questions on a continual basis. But then this idea of finishing well is so significant, especially as we look at, you know, our culture and just look at the different news feeds and how many people we can speak of who have done really great things, their lives have been something that, and their accomplishments, something that we want to, um, we want to promote. We want to use as an illustration for something positive. However, there is that, but the, the, the final chapter of their lives or some, some part of their story that seems to disrail, uh, derail, the good that they have done and not that it just erases it all, but it's hard sometimes to now sort of hold them or that accomplishment up as something to follow because again, some lapse in judgment, some hitch sort of in their personality just overtook them and seems to have undermined perhaps the work that they have done. We've seen and heard too many stories like that. And it always seems to catch us by surprise. But these things um, don't tend to go from, you know, black to white. They're not as clear as that. There's usually these shades of gray. There's sort of this drifting that leads one astray. So, you know, in the end, I believe God is less concerned about what we accomplish and I think more concerned about how we accomplish what we accomplish or how we do what we do. And that's what I want to talk about today and this idea of finishing well. And yes, the Apostle Paul is the example and specifically some verses from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4. Um, and it's a, uh, first of all, the Apostle Paul has, um, has demonstrated a life of passion and, and fervor and um, character. But specifically in 2 Timothy 2, which many believe is his last letter, so this is a man who is communicating perhaps some of the most important things, some things that are really heavy on his heart. I've had the privilege, um, it's a difficult one, of being with people on their deathbed, being with people in their last days. And the words that they speak are perhaps their most profound and most heartfelt words because they know um, their, their words are, are few in terms of coming to an end. In fact, oftentimes they're few because the energy is so low that 
They can only utter a few things. So I think we should take heart in what Paul says, and that's what we're going to try to do in this, in this message. Here's the first. It is to live sacrificially in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, the first part. Paul writes, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. As a sacrifice, a drink offering is something that is poured out. It's a sacrifice. And, and, and what Paul is saying is that, you know, I, I'm, my life is a living sacrifice. Remember, Paul is the one who wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I urge you, I beseech you in view of God's mercies to offer yourself as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. This is your, your true act of worship. Paul not only penned those words, but he lived that way. His life was poured out for others. As Paul would go and establish churches, he would then go back and visit those churches to the best of his ability or send others or write to them his, and you remember in Philippians, Paul said, you know, I would much rather die and be with the Lord. But he says, but it's much better for you that I might stay, you know, for your joy, for your benefit. So Paul lived a life sacrificially. It doesn't mean Paul never did anything for himself that he didn't eat or drink or bathe or take care of himself and cultivate his own his own life in some way and various ways but paul but we see in in philippians where he says you know the 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 retaining of this life is really for the benefit of others because if paul really wanted to do what was best for him he says to you know really to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord and that's what i'd rather do so what does it look like to live sacrificially? Doesn't mean we don't self-care, we don't never look out for self and making sure that you are well. I remember one pastor saying that the best gift you can give to others is a healthy you, right? So we're not saying neglect oneself, but what does it look like to live for other people, for the benefit of other people, to be looking out for the welfare and the good of other people, do they know Christ? Are they growing in Christ? Are they well? Are they, you know, are they fill in the blank? Is there some need, some want, some opportunity that I can fill in another person's life? Just to have that, that perspective. And a healthy me will be able to do that well. Because a healthy me will also realize that if I am well, it is at least in part because of the contribution of others, ultimately the grace and mercy of God. It is how we most reflect Christ. Again, Philippians chapter 2, who being in very nature God, did not, did not grasp on, hold on to his privilege, but he self-abased. What does it look like to live sacrificially, to give up our time, 
to give up our resources. This doesn't necessarily mean, again, to deplete all that we have. But are we living in such a way as to be a benefit to others? When we leave that space or leave this place, will there be a void in the lives of others? Will there be a sense of gratitude of what we have given to them through our lives? So how, I, how do I finish? Well, live sacrificially. Paul says he's being poured out. Next, live on purpose. Live on purpose. Paul writes, and the time for my departure is near. He's speaking of his death. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul says, I'm part of a relay, let's say. And the baton has been given to me and I have run with as much effort and as much precision and intentionality as I could. And I am now handing it off to the next person. And when I hand it off, I can, I can be content, satisfied with how I have run. Paul can say, I left it all on the track. I've left it all on the field. I've left it all on the court. I have left it all out on the playing field of life and what I have been called to. I've been called to something. And Paul says, I can say that I finished it well. Paul can say, I lived on purpose. Does that mean that every single minute or every single day he, he wouldn't do something a little differently? I don't believe that's the case, but he can live with a sense of, of uh, integrity in terms of who am I? What's my story? What's my dream? What's my plan? I can say now I have lived it out in earnest the best that I could under the circumstances, under the conditions, I've lived it out fully. Look at Psalm 90, 12. Lord, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. To realize that our days are limited. And that, and, and that in these days, there's only, there's only, there's, they're measured. They're not limitless. There's something for us to do. We need to be after it. We need to be going after it, living on purpose, so that when you and I are on our deathbed or entering into our, we know into our final sort of season of life, maybe even the final segment of it, we could say, yeah, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This morning I was in a sports facility and as walk into the, uh, into the uh, through the lobby area and at the front desk there, there was a poster, a banner uh, with Kobe Bryant's picture on it. And here was a quote from Kobe. I've always said that I wanted to be remembered as a player that didn't waste the moment didn't waste a day. 
So it's not to live with this anxiety and this perfectionism, but it's to live on purpose. That's why it's so important to understand who you are and, and what's your story. What's the dream? What is God calling you into? And to get about it, what get be about it. What's your plan? So that you can say, as Paul said, I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Live with eternity in view. Paul writes, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. 2 Timothy 4, 8. Paul lived with eternity in view. See, it's much easier, I think, to live sacrificially and to live on purpose, to live a focused, intentional life when we live with eternity in view. It's much easier to give of our time. It's much easier to give of our resources when we know that we're just stewards and they're all temporary things that are that are kind of kind of flowing away the, the way uh, in an hourglass, the way the sand just falls. Because we know whether my life is 60, 80, or 100, 110 years, it's just a little tiny piece of all of eternity. And the, the rewards that are offered to me here in this life, though they're not to be despised or what have you, some of them are not really worth my time and effort because they are so temporal. temporal. And it's much easier to say no to things, to say no to certain activities, to say no to certain relationships, to say no, right? Because, because we understand that this life is not all there is. And ultimately what we are working towards, we're not working for our salvation. When one comes to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it says we are seated with him in the heavens. When we say yes to Jesus, we confess our sins, we repent, and we trust him as Lord and Savior, receive the Spirit of God, become his children. He says, he says, We've been blessed in the heavenlies, that we've been marked with the seal guaranteeing our inheritance, that we are co-heirs with Christ. So we're not striving to now earn his pleasure and earn some reward. But what we are doing is living out of the gratefulness of being chosen, of being accepted as his child. And now we live with eternity in view. We know that what's stored up for was stored up for Paul, this crown of righteousness, this, this perfection is also stored up for each of us. There's, all, there's not only one crown. God doesn't have you know, a, a shortage. You know, there's lots of shortages going on now with lumber and other things now because of COVID. There are no shortages of uh, the crown of righteousness. It's what we're striving for. Keep eternity in view. 
That'll help us be able to better manage our relationships and better manage our resources, better manage our time, and just help us have a, 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 a fuller perspective in life. Here. Live in community and in harmony with others. I love this. this is a beautiful, beautiful passage here. In verses 9 and 11, and we'll read all of it, but Paul says, do your best to come to me quickly. Only Luke is with me. Now, you'll remember, Luke um, is, has been with Paul, traveling with Paul, capturing, right, um, these the missionary journeys and what's been happening, if not all, most of it, or some of it. But Luke is with him, and he cherishes that. He says, but then get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Now, you may remember that Paul and Barnabas actually had a pretty serious argument and fell out and parted ways over Mark because Mark had went on them with them on the missionary journey and left. And Paul said, on the next missionary journey, no, he's not going. And Barnabas wanted John Mark to go. Paul's like, no. And it says that the dispute was so serious that they parted, they parted ways. Paul went one way and Barnabas went and took Mark and went another way. I mean, still doing God's work, but in different arenas, different directions. But somewhere along the way, Paul reconciled that relationship with John Mark to the point where he says, go and get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Paul didn't want him initially because, or early on, because he was not helpful. But now he has become helpful. This whole idea of reconciling relationships, living in harmony, man, that is... That is something that we're not hearing a lot of in Christianity today, that Christians are able to live in harmony. I'm not even talking about living in harmony with people who are not Christians. I'm talking about Christians living in harmony with other Christians. If you're of a different ethnic group, a political party, a denomination, whatever, it's just, it's not good. Let's be people who learn to live in community and in harmony with us. As holy and, and as spiritual as Paul was, he needed people. He needed people, and he understood the importance of reconciliation and living in harmony. Understanding youthfulness or frailties or, or whatever it may be, we all have something that someone else is putting up with, right? Finally, 
live relying upon God's word. Verse 13, when you come, he says, bring my scrolls, especially the parchments. Paul continued to hold in high priority the word of God, penning it, which he didn't necessarily know he was writing what we would consider the Bible today, absorbing it, reading it, writing, studying, reflecting, meditating upon, memorizing, the word of God being his rule for living. For all scripture, Paul wrote, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God, the people of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul never lost that, even in the end. Bring the scrolls, especially the parchments. Can you imagine At your funeral, homegoing, memorial service, perhaps around your deathbed, or let's back it up a little, at your retirement party, at your 90th birthday, or whatever it may be, that, that people would have an opportunity to say something about you. And they'd say that he or she lived sacrificially. I can give examples. He or she lived on purpose. I believe he or she lived with eternity in view, how they lived in community and harmony, not always perfect, but learn to reconcile and learn to accept others. And, and you know, they lived relying upon God's word. They couldn't say anything else. They could, they could hold to that. They could, they could say what God says about it and live accordingly. I've got a couple resources for you. One is um, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster and The Daniel Plan by Rick Warren. A couple of resources that I found helpful in this area. My desire is that you not only come to understand and know who you are, but that you will embrace your story, the whole of it, and that you will allow that, that reconciliation and redemption Allow God to birth in you a dream, a vision of where you fit in his overall scheme, his overall plan, his story. That you'll get after it. You'll have a plan. You'll unite with others. You'll get yourself prepared. You'll take action. But most importantly, that you'll live a life that in the end we can say he or she finished well. Maybe not perfectly, not every single step along the way, but finished well. Brothers and sisters, I hope someday we have opportunity to dialogue on these things and, and reflect. And I sure would love to hear what's taking place in your heart on this journey, because this has been my journey. This is my journey. And it has been a privilege to share it with you. I've not met you face to face, but I love you. And I look forward to someday being able to be in the same space at the same time, reflecting, celebrating, processing.
the Lord be with you. Father, thank you for this journey that we've been on together. Thank you for making it possible. And um, blessings upon my brothers and sisters as they continue to reflect upon these, uh, these questions and uh, that they will find answers, Lord, that will move them, move them in their journey the way you want them to go. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. You lead me to your courts, surround me with your love. I walk with you, I do not Now pray, bow your heads for the benediction. Be still and know I am God. 
Be still and know I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. God bless you. Until next time, can't wait to see you next week. Bye-bye now. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Stu Still. I'm a member here at 180 Church, and we want to thank you all for joining us for today's Sunday service. Before we finish up today, we have some community news that we just want to share with everyone, starting with tithes and offering. For all of our members, we just want to remind and encourage you to continue to keep God at the center of your finances by tithing faithfully. You can make your offering through Venmo at Church180. You can make an offering through Chase Quick Pay at offering at 180church.tv. Or if you'd like to make your offering through PayPal, you can follow the link on our website at 180church.tv. Our next announcement is about our prayer text hotline, which you can find at 5397-PRAYER or at prayer at 180church.tv. And this is a great resource for those moments when we feel like we need some support and some prayer, not only for ourselves, but for our family members, our co-workers, and all of our loved ones. Our prayer team is there, ready, willing, and able to lift up your prayers. So just send them along. Again, it's 5397-PRAYER or prayer at 180church.tv. And when you feel like God has moved in those areas, make sure you send them a praise request as well so that we can all celebrate what God is doing in your life. Our next announcement is about small group, which is smaller pockets of our community where we come together to discuss the Sunday sermon, to really see and encourage each other where God is leading us, and to really just do life together with one another. Because even though we're still social distancing, community is still a vital part of our lives. And this is a great place where you can find that. All of our groups are meeting virtually right now, so no matter what group and what stage of life you're in, or where you are located, we have a group that would be perfect for you. If you're interested in joining a group, you can email Pastor Billy at billykim.180 at gmail.com. On the topic of community, we also have a number of different social media handles and channels where you can follow us, like us, and love us during the week. We have a Tumblr page at 180BRG where we post a chapter of the Bible a day so you can read through the Bible with us. We also have a Facebook page at 180 Church. Dr. Sammy, our head pastor here at 180 Church, has a Twitter handle at Dr. Sammy Kim. We also have a YouTube channel at 180 Church NYC, where I'm sure most of you guys are watching us right now. And we also have two different Instagram pages at 180 Church and also at 180BRG, where there are really encouraging posts and verses that get shared there. So I hope you guys will follow us there and be encouraged. Next, we have the virtual 180 Cafe on Discord, which is a great way for all of us here to keep in touch with one another. There you can share what's going on in your life and join a conversation about gardening and gaming, about sports and entertainment, basically anything that you can think of. It's a great way for all of us to stay in touch with one another, both on your computer and on your mobile device. And lastly, if you've been blessed by our Sunday worship led by Pastor Lydia, you can visit the 180 Church Studios on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Here you'll find a playlist of all the worship songs we've featured every Sunday, and it's perfect for when you want to immerse yourself in worship during the week. That's all of our community news. Once again, we want to thank everyone for joining us this Sunday, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye.